Everybody to another episode of Guys at the Roundtable. I am the boy of Vladimir Jean Philippe. And in case you've been living under a rock or you don't pay attention to the news, I must say I truly envy you because <laughs> that ignorance must be bliss. Because keeping up with the news, man, it is just one thing after another. If it's not this, it's that. If it's not that, it's this. And the latest news or the latest outrage I should say is the death of Jacob Blake uh, out of Kenosha Wisconsin where Jacob Blake was apparently or allegedly I should say uh, breaking up a dispute between two women and the Kenosha police off uh, department showed up and Blake was being interrogated or detained by these officers some yelling was going on and Jacob walked away, went to his car, and the officer followed Mr. Blake to his car and proceeded to unload seven bullets to the back. Luckily, Jacob didn't die. Luckily. Seven bullets to the back and the man's in critical condition, critical condition in the hospital. And he may be paralyzed from the waist down, is what doctors are saying from what uh, the latest reports that I'm reading. But... Regardless, why did this have to go down that way? Okay, and then the tried and true narrative. Oh, am I getting frustrated with this narrative stuff? I, I laugh in frustration and nervousness because I don't know how else to react. But every time there's a shooting of an unarmed black man or alleged unarmed black man, the tried and true go-to is... Drum roll, please. His criminal past. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> it's tried and true. I promise you, it's the same rhetoric. It's the same thing every single time a black man gets shot. We go right to his criminal record. Right to it. This time, it didn't even take a day or two. It literally was. The video came out. Criminal past five minutes later, right? It's like, bruh, whatever happened to the good old days of the police just catching a bad guy, right? Didn't we have that at some point? We just had police catching bad guys. Now, all of a sudden, every police officer is turning into RoboCop or Judge Dredd, where they're the judge, jury, and executioner on site. Like, that's not how policing works. You're there to protect and to serve. The oath you take is to protect and to serve. Not be judge, jury, and executioner. That is not your job. Your job is to catch the bad guys. Catch the bad guys. You're not a bounty hunter. It's not catch the bad guys dead or alive. Now, if there's a shootout, I guess rules, all rules do not apply to that situation. It's, you know, you, you do what you got to do in that situation. But there's six officers, one dude. Why do you need to shoot this man seven times in the back? 
So what? He went to his car. You have tasers. You got batons. There's six of you. Beat his ass. Sorry for the swearing, but whoop his behind. Something. Taser. The taser don't work. You got pepper spray. Pepper spray don't work. You got your baton. You got your billy club. Whoop him. Whoop up on him. Rodney King him. You know what? I would rather take a Rodney King situation right now than another dead black man on the street. In the hands of a police officer. And that's sad to say. Because when Rodney King got his butt whooped. The whole black community went up in arms. Right? Now. It's like every other week. We watching a black guy get gunned down by police officers. It's like what is this nonsense? Okay? White folks get gunned down too. But. I hate using that butt Because it's that moniker. Like kind of dismisses everything. White folks get gunned down too. By the police officer. So it's a police issue. But I, I as a as a black man in America, I have to talk about this from my perspective. Because in all honesty, I do not want this to be me. I do not want this to be me one day. I do not want to end up in the news as I was running away from the cops and I got shot 17 times in my back. I don't want to be part of that nonsense. So whatever happened to human decency of just catching the bad guy? So what? There was a dispute. The guy ran to his car. Figure out what he's doing. Why do we hold 17-year-olds to or 18-year-olds going to war to more constringent come, uh, uh, rules of engagement laws than police officers? Grown-ass men. We hold 18-year-old kids in war. To a higher standard than grown ass men in uniform sworn to protect and to serve their communities. 18 year old kids in a foreign land. With enemies shooting at them. Wanting them dead. For sure have a stricter rules of engagement than the police officers here in our own home soil. Sworn to protect and to serve us. I'm getting tired of it, folks. I'm getting numb to it. Maybe that's the plan all along. Get numb to the to the, the, the nonsense and and maybe you know martial law kicks in or whatever. But it's funny to me because everybody when we were under quarantine wanted to complain about martial law happening and our rights and freedoms being oppressed or being stripped away and we're being oppressed by the government and yada 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 right but those same people will watch a black man or a man for that matter get gunned down by the police officer and the first thing they say is well he should have complied he shouldn't have ran to the car he has a criminal history. He deserved to get shot. Play stupid game, win stupid prizes. That's my personal favorite. Right? So, when are we going to hold these police officers accountable? We got grown folks policing us. Right? We're bitching about martial law and everything like that. But yet, we turn around and we say all this stuff when it comes down to a police officer gunning us down. Isn't this... The martial law you guys should be protesting for real? Isn't this 
the type of martial law you people should be against. The same ones that was in Capitol Hill protesting because they couldn't get a haircut because we were under quarantine for a couple of months are now the same people, the exact same people, kind of condoning this police behavior against a black man. It's okay for the police to shoot a black man seven times in the back because they thought he was reaching for a weapon, quote unquote, allegedly. But, but, Lord forbid, we can't let these people out to go get haircuts or go to Applebee's. Hypocrite much? I think so. It's, it, it amazes me, to be honest with you. It really, truly amazes me that the hypocrisy that we, us, the hypocrisy that we live towards in this country, it, it really boggles my mind that we can watch a black man get killed and blame the black guy. Blame the black guy because he did something wrong. He didn't comply, right? When we watch the same white folks do the exact same thing and they get to live. For example, again, out of Kenosha, Wisconsin, 17-year-old white kid with an AR-15 goes out against the Black Lives Matter protest and shoots and kills two people. Shoots three, kills two. 17-year-old kid with an AR-15. Think about that for a second. 17-year-old white kid with an AR-15 gets into a scuffle, shoots three, kills two, injures one. 17-year-old kid with an AR-15 kills three, or shoots three, kills two, injures one. One more time. 17-year-old white kid with an AR-15 gets into altercation with BLM protesters, shoots three of them, kills two, injures one. What is wrong with that statement? What is wrong with that statement? If you need a hand, I'll guide you through it. 17-year-old white kid with an AR-15. Who gives a 17-year-old kid an AR-15? Better yet, what 17-year-old white kid has access to an AR-15? You have to be 18 to purchase a gun. Ain't that what the NRA said? Ain't that what the rules are for buying or purchasing a hand a firearm? You have to be 18. But yet this 17-year-old kid got one. Went to a bro uh went to a BLM protest, got into an altercation, and I, I guarantee you he set that up. Okay, because you took an AR-15 to a protest. Okay, you're holding that thing out open carried wise. You're going to get fucked with. Pardon the French again. I'm sorry. But you're going to get messed with. Okay? So you went there looking for an altercation. And he got what he was looking for. Shot three. Killed two. Maimed one. And now, that same 17-year-old kid, a couple days later, got arrested. And is charged with two counts of murder. First degree murder. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He's charged with a homicide at the very least. So, again, 17-year-old white kid with an AR-15. How the hell did he get that gun? That's my question. And then to make matters worse, this kid did the crime, walked past a whole litany of police officers, and, <laughs> and only got caught because he turned himself in the very next day. I'm just saying. Black guy walks to his car, got shot seven times in the back. Allegedly, there was a weapon in his car. 
allegedly. But white kid shoots three, kills two, maims one, walks right on down the street, goes home, gets a good night's rest, and then decides to turn himself in the very next day. Ain't that great? One guy's paralyzed from the waist down, another guy's in jail, which the guy in jail that deservedly belongs there, but you gotta look at the circumstances. Just because the black guy had a criminal past does not justify him getting shot 17 times. Or seven times. My fault. I exaggerated on that one. He got shot seven times. Okay, it does not justify it. It really doesn't. Again, we have a legal system. And that legal system against black folks works just fine. All the police had to do was bring him in. And he's black. He would have been indicted in two, three days tops. And he would have been sitting in jail by the end of the week. 48 hours tops. Minimum. Minimum 48 hours he'd be sitting in jail. Tops mm, a week. <laughs> All right? So, there's your system at work. Right there, ladies and gentlemen. It's not fair. And the fact that I am being force-fed this thing on via the interwebs on a daily basis, a weekly basis, there's a shooting every other week. It's starting to get on my nerves. I hate it. Because I don't like talking about racism. I really don't. But people really do need to understand that that thing does exist. It's alive and it's well. There's parts of West Virginia that I will not walk into. Because the old banjo plays <laughs> and the word boy comes out a little too freely. All right. So it's alive as well. And racism is it's a mofo. <laughs> it really is. Alright, so now to kind of further along my thought process, the part that really, really gets on my nerves and that really grinds my gears the most is that there was no justice, no repercussions for this officer that, you know, shot this man seven times in the back, right? I mean, he got placed on an administrative leave, but let's be honest. When the police get paid, uh, when police get put on administrative leave, they get paid for that, for their time off. And they just pretty much get a little nice little paid vacation. It's essentially what administrative leave it means, right? You get a nice little paid vacation. It's like, hey, man, there's a lot of heat on you. Take a couple of days off. That's what that is. <laughs> okay. And so athletes around the NBA, football, baseball, pretty much the athletic world took notice to this. And again, they voiced their opinions. And this is not the part that bothers me. I really, truly enjoy that the athletes are using their platforms to voice their opinions about the injustices that's going on in the world because it's needed because these athletes have a very large presence. They're highly successful. They have multi-millions of dollars and they have that platform and the resources to kind of tell their opinions to a large audience, right? As for me, I only have 29 followers on Twitter. Let's be real. Not that many folks won't listen to me, <laughs> Okay. So these athletes using their platforms to talk about these injustices, these racial inequalities, to me, I truly love it. The part that grinds my gears and good Lord does it get on my nerves is these idiots, these clown folks that come out of the woodworks and tell these athletes to just shut up and dribble. Again, shut up and dribble. Like, fam, no, no, they shall not shut up and dribble. We need these athletes to talk. 
They are our megaphone. All right. Again, <laughs> I hate to say this, but as a black man in America, my voice carries so far. I'm a normal average dude in BFE, West Virginia. My voice carries so little weight. My wife will listen to me. My little daughter will listen to me. Maybe my immediate families and friends will listen to me. And that's about the gist of where my voice goes. Right? A stranger or two will kind of, you know, poke their head in and see what the hell is going on. But that's just as far as my voice goes. These athletes are my megaphone. LeBron James has a 26 million followers. He has 26 million followers on Instagram alone. This man has a platform. He is my megaphone. So when he talks, he's talking for me. He's talking for other black folks. And he's just sharing our experiences. As a collective unit, black folks have negative experiences with the police, with racism, and a lot of injustices. Does that mean all black folks have problems with this? No, it does not. And that does not mean their voice does not matter as well. Their voice does matter because their experiences is what we hope to aspire to get to. <laughs> does that make sense? They don't experience racism. That's great. I would love to live my life that way. I would love to have that. But every so often, I get called the N-word. And I'm not talking about my nigga. I'm talking about <laughs> the hard R. Okay? So, you know, these athletes are our megaphone. And the fact that these folks want to come out the woodworks and tell them to shut up and dribble, it just irks me. It's like, what edgy... What uneducated fool are you to come tell LeBron James, most successful kid, he is the epitome of African-American success, right? He was a poor kid out of Akron, Ohio, out of the bad part of Akron, Ohio, honed a basketball skill, a skill that is hard to master, honed it at a very young age. And at the age of 18 or 17 or 18, whenever the hell he graduated high school, took those skills to the NBA. And as a teenager, not a grown man, as a teenager, came into the NBA and dominated from day one and continued to dominate to this day at 35, 36 years of age. From a teenager to a grown man, this kid for a decade or two, three, almost two decades, dominated a sport, a highly skilled sport, for a couple of decades. And you want to tell him to shut up and dribble when he shares his experiences? Get the heck out of here. Get out of here with your nonsense, okay? I hate this clown talk. I really do. It drives me nuts. You got people on the Twitter sphere talking nonsense like, I'm glad the NBA decided to boycott the playoffs because the NBA was dying anyways. No, I wasn't. NBA is not dying. Major sports is not dying. NBA has a problem with too many games, just like baseball. You guys play too much games. 82 games in a basketball season is too much. Nobody cares. You know why football is so popular? Football has 17 weeks. 16 because of a bye week, right? It has 16 meaningful games. So if you go 8-8 eight and eight in your division, you may or may not make the playoffs. <laughs> it's just that simple. If you have a 500 record in football, you may not make the playoffs. That's how competitive football is. That's how meaningful the schedule is. Every single game matters in the NFL. 
If you want the top seed, you got to beat everybody. You want that first round by? You got to beat everybody. Basketball, you have 82 games. You lose tonight, eh, we'll get them tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's no urgency in basketball. That's why basketball ratings during the regular season are low. Once the playoff hits, basketball uh, ratings skyrocket through the roof. Okay? So it, it's just that the NBA and the MLB, they just have too much. I understand why the MLB had as many games as they had because they got they got to make those money to pay these players, bro. <laughs> I get it, okay. I get why the uh, why the MLB has all the games that they have, but at the same time, the what plays the NBA and the MLB is too much games. It's an abundance of games, and people lose interest because it's, there's not high stakes. It's not because of being woke. Woke culture has always been in sports, always. Muhammad Ali is the prime example of being woke in sports. The greatest boxer, arguably the greatest boxer of all time, did not want to go to Vietnam to fight the Vietnam War. Because he said, and I quote, ain't no Viet Cong ever called me nigger. Okay? This man, Muhammad Ali, sacrificed an illustrious boxing career to not go fight in the Vietnam War because it was against his religious beliefs. This man took a stance for racial justice and his religious beliefs, lost everything, went to jail for a couple of years, and then came back with the vengeance, was champion again, and then now he is a legend. So social justice and sports have gone hand in hand since the inception of sports. It has gone hand in hand since its inception. The Roman Colosseum, where slaves fought for their freedoms. What? You thought that was, they was in there for fun? No. Slaves were in the Roman Colosseums fighting for their freedoms. As slaves. Social justice. They wanted their freedom. They literally fought for their freedoms. So get out of here with your nonsense of shut up and dribble. I don't know why people want to go to this. Maybe because of the amount of money these athletes make, but the amount of skill that you have to gain and harness and master to make it to such a high level. The average person can't do it. And so we armchair quarterback. Oh, he missed that shot. He's a bum. Oh, he missed that wide open throw. I could have made that throw. No, you couldn't, bro. No, you could not. Because if you could have made that throw, you'd be out there making it. Instead, you're fat behind his, behind his couch talking smack like you can do it, all right? So that really grinds my gears when you have these clown folks coming out of the woodworks telling these athletes who bust their behinds day in and day out to make it to the epitome of their sports to shut up and dribble. Who are you? What have you accomplished in your life? So that, that's where my grind, it, it, ugh, that grinds my gears. That's where it really irks me. It truly does. And to see... These athletes take these stance. I am truly impressed. My hat is off to these guys because they're risking right now millions of dollars to do this. They're costing themselves some money. So they literally leaving money on the table to take a stance because they feel strongly about this. And kudos to these guys. I truly feel like these guys are our megaphone, whether you like it or not. These athletes are a megaphone because they have the platform to go out there and say the things that they say. 
just like the president of the United States has that big platform to go out there and say the shit that he says. And again, excuse my French, but I'm getting passionate about this. The president goes out there and says all the vile and crazy nonsense that he spews out there. And then you have his fan base getting riled up, rah, rah, rah. And they go out and do some dumb, dumb stuff. And then, you know, the cycle continues. So it, it is, to me, a double standard at best. It's hypocrisy at its very definition that you allow one man to spew some craziness, but you won't allow another man to spew theirs. Hypocrisy at its finest. So... Once again, I'm getting tired of seeing this being the topic of almost every discussion that we have as Americans. This is 2020. We should be talking about flying cars and upcoming football season. You know what I'm saying? Instead, we're talking about some 1619 BS where one group of people view another group of people as inferior. And as infuriating as that is to me right now as we speak, it's a sad reality that we are at war with racism and people are going bananas over defending it. It's it's a it's really amazing that a group of people will literally shut down the experiences of another group of people because you feel that it does not exist. That's not how that works. Because if it's a large group of people saying the same thing, then something's going on. Okay? So I don't know. I, I I'm just I'm really frustrated by the whole thing. It, it's sad to me. I want to see better. I hope y'all do better. But I don't know. If anything positive that comes out of this is that I'm seeing athletes take a larger and more critical stance than I've ever seen before in my life. I've heard about Muhammad Ali, but I wasn't there for it. And in my generation and in my lifetime, the NBA doing what they're doing, the MLB shutting down their game for tonight, the, uh, the Dodgers taking on whomever they were playing. I can't remember off the top of my head. I apologize. But... These athletes taking this stance right now, to me, is something to be applauded. Whether you agree with them or not, you have to look at the whole context. That these guys are willing to sacrifice their play, their money, to stand up for a social issue that they feel so passionately about. And if you can't see that, then you, my friend, have a problem. And I hope you get help. I truly do. So... The only thing I can do is love my family to death. I love my girl. I love my baby girl. I love my dog. I love my cats. <laughs> and I love my immediate family, friends, and everybody in between. So that's all I can do is spread love in my immediate circle. And hopefully I can spread some love to you guys as well because Lord knows we need it. So with that being said, thank you once again for hearing me ramble. I hope this makes sense. It's just one of those things that I just had to get out there because I'm passionate about this. Race is an issue. It shouldn't be an issue, but it is an issue. And it's up to us to have that conversation like grown folks. Because let's be honest, we are grown folks. Let's act like it. So let's have that honest and open and uncomfortable conversation so we can progress forward. Because if you crazies out there make me miss football season, we got the problem. I'm out of here. This is Guys at a Round Table. I'm Vlad. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, we can get over this on a serious note. But yeah, I love y'all. And peace.